0: Good morning! Welcome once again to joining us for our online service this Sunday. It's good to see all of you in service today. For some of you who may not know me, my name is Louis. I'm just one of the many leaders who are serving in the church and I'm honoured to be able to bring to you God's Word this morning. I want to begin this morning by giving thanks to God for the COVID situation in Singapore where our number of community cases continue to be zero or low. This has certainly allowed our church to continue to open up to have greater capacity for our members to attend our services on-site, for more ministry activities to proceed in person, and that we can continue to stay connected and worship and grow in our faith together. Also, thank God for the Good Friday and Easter services last weekend. It was indeed a joy to see many of us attending the on-site services, even at 6.30am on Easter. Also great to see the ministries and volunteers like the welcome ministers, worship, AV teams, serving and supporting the services. We are indeed blessed by their service to the Lord. Praise the Lord and we trust God to guide us every step of the way. I encourage all of us to attend on-site services as much as possible as we move forward as a church together. Our scripture text for this morning is from 1 Corinthians 9 verses 1 to 23. A few weeks ago, Pastor Anthony taught a sermon that was rated R for restricted or parental guidance advice when he taught us about what it means to have sexual integrity from 1 Corinthians 6. Well, today's sermon is also rated R. But R not for restricted, it is R for rights and I've titled today's sermon as Laying Down Our Rights for God. For some of us who may be joining our service for the first time or reconnecting with us after some time, our church is currently preaching through a sermon series on the book of First Corinthians and we have been doing so since the beginning of the year. Today, we are slightly more than halfway through the book of 16 chapters as we reflect on chapters 9, Verses 1 to 23 this morning. A short overview or recap for some of us who needs a bit more handle. First Corinthians is to be understood essentially as a letter from the Apostle Paul to the church which he founded in Corinth. Good to know that since it is a letter in terms of language style, it is very much written in first person as compared to the Gospel writings which are narratives in nature, hence like a story, written in third person. For starters, 1 Corinthians is quite a long letter to begin with. Unlike us today, we try to keep our emails and text messages concise. In those times, there is no such thing as email, WhatsApp or phone calls. Communications is mainly through letter writing. There is no postal companies like FedEx or SingPost. So whenever you want to write a letter to someone in a far away place, You better say everything you want to say because you never know when is the next time you will have the opportunity to write the next letter. And that was what Paul actually did. In the first Corinthians letter, if you have been following the sermon series since January, you will notice that Paul addressed many and a variety of issues from divisions and unity to spiritual pride to sexual integrity and up to two weeks ago, even whether to eat or don't eat, you know, tia or my tia, Paul also had something to say. This is what I call the gifting of a preacher. Because any topic, Paul can also turn into a sermon and give you three points about it. Well, jokes aside, because the variety of topics in First Corinthians is so rich, I do want to encourage us to continue to follow along this church-wide study as we glean the wisdom of God from Paul in the many issues that remain to be relevant to the church and to the shaping of our spiritual lives today. Today, as we look into 1 Corinthians chapter 9, we are looking at a section of the letter where Paul moved from addressing how we should handle our personal rights in dealing with food offered to idols in chapter 8, that is to be constrained by our love for others as Pastor Anthony had taught us two weeks ago, to how Paul himself laid down his own personal rights as an apostle for the sake of the gospel. As the text is a long one, I will read a short segment of text for a start to give us a sense of Paul's heartbeat towards this issue of laying down our rights. And we will go into greater detail, as we reflect on the text together after that. I'll be reading verses 12 and 19 to 23. You can follow along on your screen or the slides in front of you. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 12. If others receive this right from you, are we not more deserving, Paul rights? but we have not made use of this right. Instead, we endure everything so that we may not be a hindrance to the gospel of Christ. Verses 19 to 23. For since I am free from all, I can make myself a slave to all, in order to gain even more people. To the Jews I became like a Jew, to gain the Jews. To those under the law I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, to gain those under the law. To those free from the law I became like one free from the law, Though I am not free from God's law, but under the law of Christ to gain those free from the law. To the weak, I became weak in order to gain the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all means I may save some. Verse 23, I do all these things because of the gospel, so that I can be a participant in it. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for bringing us together this morning, giving us this time to reflect upon your word. And I pray that, Lord, as we listen to your word, as we reflect upon your word, you will speak to us and mow us and make us more like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is a recent photo of our family when we went to Gardens by the Bay over Chinese New Year weekend earlier this year. I have three young children and parents with young children will agree with me that one of the challenges of raising up more than one child in the family is to ensure equality, at least in the material sense. I mean, I definitely love all three children the same, but sometimes it's just not possible to be totally and absolutely equal and fair between the three of them. When you want to give a bit more freedom to the older son who is more mature and independent, or give a bit more slack to the youngest one who is not able to fend for himself. Familiar phrases like, How come Go can and I cannot? Ah? How come Titi have and I don't have? Ah? How come Chachai can go, I cannot go? Ah? Are phrases that Lily and I have to deal with from time to time. Whilst we try to manage these questions to the best of our ability in the family, we can see that children, even when they are young, can understand what equality means. And they know their rights to equality and fairness. And perhaps if we take time to reflect and look even deeper, it shows our basic human nature of insisting on our rights, our personal rights to fight for equality, our rights to be treated fairly, our rights to have the freedom of choice, and so on. Rights can simply be defined as a moral or legal entitlement to have or to do something. And here in the passage which we are reflecting today, we can see how Paul discussed the issue of his rights as an apostle, what he considers his moral or legal entitlement to have, and how he has chosen to lay down his personal rights for the sake of the Gospel. Before we draw learning and application points from the passage today, let me first help us understand the text by making five observation points and I believe that in doing so, it will help us appreciate the learning more in the later half of this sermon. Do keep the passage with you so that you can follow along more closely. Observation number one. Paul set the stage for this part of his letter by first affirming his position as an apostle. And we can see this from verses 1 to 3 of 1 Corinthians chapter 9. As it says, Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are you not my work in the Lord? If I am not an apostle to others, at least I am to you, for you are the confirming sign of my apostleship in the Lord. This is my defense to those who examine me. Basically, Paul is saying, if anyone can be considered as an apostle, I should be the first few to be considered. And if everyone does not consider me as an apostle, you, the Corinthian church whom I have planted, should consider me as one. From these verses, it is obvious that Paul is certain of his identity as an apostle of Christ. I recently learned this idiom, you know, as sure as X is X, which means absolutely certain. For Paul, he is as sure as X is X that he is an apostle, and you can see it clearly also from the introduction of First Corinthians in chapter one, verse one, where Paul wrote, "I am Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God." Second observation. From this opening assertion of his position as an apostle in verses 1 to 3, Paul then moves on to establish the general concept or principle of how one has a right and entitlement to enjoy his or her own harvest, or in other words, the fruits of his labour. This can be seen from verses 4 to 12. Here in these verses, you can refer on your own Bibles. You can see that Paul appeals both to logic or common sense, and Old Testament law to build his case. That if a person sows or labours in a particular field, he or she has a right to enjoy the fruits of his own or her own harvest or have a right to expect to be supported from the field or that he or she is sowing or labouring in. In verse 7, Paul used the example of a person serving in the army and having the right to expect the army to support him as he serves in the army. In the examples of a person working in a vineyard or tending the flock, Paul is saying that these persons have the right to enjoy the fruits of his labour at the end of the day. It is kind of like many of us who are working in the marketplace and expecting to be paid for the work that we have done. It is basic logic and common sense. We work and we expect to get paid. It is our right, our entitlement to be paid and supported for the work that we have done. Besides appealing to logic and common sense, to strengthen his case, Paul also cited the Old Testament law. This guy is world class when it comes to presenting an argument. We can see this in verses 9 and 10, and Paul cited the law of Moses that we should not muzzle an ox while it is treading out the grain. This is taken from Deuteronomy 25 verse 4, which basically means that when the ox is working hard in the field, let him eat. As he is working hard, as a general concept, Paul is making a position that it is a person's personal right and entitlement for him to enjoy his own harvest or the fruits of his labour. Observation 3. After establishing the general principle of how one has a personal right and entitlement to enjoy his own harvest, Paul then moves to apply the principle specifically for church apostles, including himself, and we can see this in verses 13 and 14. Which says, Don't you know that those who serve in the temple eat food from the temple, and those who serve at the altar receive a part of the offerings? In the same way, the God commanded those who proclaim the gospel to receive their living by the gospel. In other words, Paul is saying, if it is basic logic and common sense that a person has a right to enjoy his own harvest, supported by Old Testament law, then as an extension, church apostles like Paul himself also have rights to be supported by the church. At this point, some of us who may be more straightforward in thinking may start to feel that Paul is really making a big point out of this rights issue, right? Right? I mean, he spent 14 verses just to assert a point that he's an apostle and he has a right to be supported by the church. If I were there with Paul, I would kind of say like, hey bro, relax lah. don't worry, I'm with you, you know. No need to give so long lecture, you're an apostle, right? Well, short of going into a deeper study of the context, I think we can give Paul the benefit of the doubt that this R word called rights is quite a big issue or hot topic in the Corinthian church. And for reasons may not be fully known to us, the rights of an apostle to be supported by the church is something that is really important, basic and close to the heart of Paul. Observation 4. That said, although the rights of an apostle to be supported by the church is something that is really important, basic and close to the heart of Paul, the next few verses tell us that nonetheless, Paul was willing to lay it down and lay it down for something greater. Although his personal rights to be supported by the church was so important to him, and that he had earlier so painstakingly explained that he is fully entitled to it, in both logic and Old Testament law, Paul was willing to lay it down for something greater. He was willing to lay it down, his own rights for the sake, of the gospel. Verse 12, But we have not made use of this right. Instead, we endure everything so that we may not be a hindrance to the gospel of Christ. Verse 18, What then is my reward, Paul writes, that when I preach the gospel, I may offer the gospel free of charge and so not make full use of my rights in the gospel. For Paul, As much as his personal rights as an apostle to be supported by the church is something that is really important, basic, and close to his heart, this right is his moral and legal entitlement, yet Paul was willing to not exercise it, to lay it down for something greater. A greater purpose that is to allow him to share the gospel freely and without hindrance. Wow! The final fifth observation is from verses 19 to 23, where Paul continues in his rhetoric and exemplifies how the preaching of the gospel is his sole mission and purpose. Verse 22 I have become all things to all people so that by all means I may save some, Paul writes. And here in this verse, we can see, displayed clearly, how Paul was willing to just be about anyone or do anything so that the gospel of Jesus Christ can be proclaimed. And in so doing, more can come to know him. And this preaching of the gospel was his mission and purpose. And that although his personal rights was so important, basic, close to his heart, he was willing to lay it down for the sake of the gospel. So a summary of the five observations if you have been taking notes. Number one, Paul affirmed his position as an apostle. Number two, Paul established the general principle of how one has a right to enjoy his own harvest or fruits of his labor. Then Paul applied the principle specifically for church apostles, including himself. Notwithstanding, number four, Paul laid down his personal rights for the preaching of the gospel. And finally, Paul made the preaching of the gospel his sole mission and purpose. So, based on these observations, what can we learn and how can we apply them in our lives today? Let me offer us three learning and application points. Number one, we can learn to lay down ourselves, including our rights, for the kingdom of God. We can see from this passage that although Paul was entitled to be supported by the church as an apostle, yet he chose not to, he chose to forego his personal rights and entitlement because he wanted to be able to be free in every way to preach the gospel of Christ. Today, like Paul, we can learn to lay down ourselves, including our rights, our benefits for the kingdom of God. I shared in my sermon last year that I'm always very encouraged by one of my cell members who always goes out of the way to help and care for anyone whom he meets throughout his day. Once he shared how he helped an old lady push her heavy trolley when he met her on his way home. Another time in cell group, he shared how he sat down and gave his lunch to another old lady whom he came across sitting in the park after he packed his lunch from a nearby coffee shop. It's been a year and even up to last week, he was sharing how he would take time to go out of the way to share Christ with people who he met on the bus or at the coffee shop people who will give time to listen to him. All this blessing and sharing takes time and effort. And to a certain extent, these resources are rightfully his and his rights to use them for himself. But he chose to lay down himself, including his own rights to these resources so that he can show love to others for the kingdom of God. He is indeed an inspiration to me. Matthew 16, 24 says that then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wants to come and become my follower, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. You see, when we follow Christ, the attitude we should have is one of self-denial. So what if I'm disadvantaged? So what if I may end up not having the best or not getting what I deserve? As long as the kingdom of God advances As long as as Christ is lifted up, as long as more people come to know him, it is good enough for me. Amen. Lesson number two, we can learn to make sharing the gospel a priority in our lives. For those of us who are familiar with Paul's teachings, not just in today's passage, but throughout all his writings, you will agree that this guy is really passionate about preaching the gospel of Christ and making Christ known to the world. In fact, he will go through great lengths. He is prepared to sacrifice anything and in today's passage, he's he rights to being supported by the church so that he can be totally free to preach the gospel of Christ. He is what in today's times we will describe as sell On when it comes to sharing the gospel of Christ. I know to be like Paul in sharing the gospel can be a daunting thought for most of us because Paul is really quite an extreme when it comes to sharing the gospel. Although to be faithful to the Word of God, I will say that this is actually what the Word of God challenges us to be, to be totally consumed and passionate about sharing the gospel. But for most of us who may find that we are millions of miles away from the standard set by Paul, I want to challenge us today that we can at least take a step towards it by making a commitment to make sharing the gospel a priority in our lives. Paul's consuming passion to share the gospel in his heart inwardly also drives him to make any sacrifices outwardly. When I was growing up in the youth ministry many years ago, one of the books which greatly impacted me was this book called Jesus Freak's. It was a book which contains stories after stories, testimonies after testimonies of real-life Christians from all over the world, past and present, who have been persecuted, tortured or martyred for their Christian belief. Sometimes when I read the Bible, I find it a very tall and difficult standard to meet. But this book has a huge impact on me because it showed me that it is possible to make sharing the gospel a priority in my life because many who have come before me have done so. I may not be able to be like them, laying down their lives so readily, so selflessly for the Gospel, but I can take a step towards it today. Whether something is a priority in our lives can be easily seen by our actions. And I say this also of myself, to see whether sharing the Gospel is a priority in our lives Just ask ourselves, when was the last time we invited a family member, a friend or a colleague to church? When was the last time you shared the gospel with someone else? When was the last time you went out of the way to bless someone to be Jesus to someone else? This is not a guilt trip, but this is a reality check. If the answer is, uh, I can't remember or I vaguely recall, then I want to encourage us today to make a fresh commitment to make the sharing of the gospel a priority in our lives again. And from an inward commitment, let it then become an outward reality. The third and final learning point that we can glean from today's passage is to learn to submit to our pastors and to release them fully to lead us spiritually. And to caveat the pastors did not pay me to make this point. Although I think they will gladly buy me a meal for this. It feels strange to say this in front of them or to know that they will be watching this service online. But I felt that it was important to make this point as part of our reflection together this morning. You see, the text does not shed much light on why Paul had chosen to give up his right to be supported by the church although it tells us his objective of doing so. That is so that he can preach the gospel freely. I mean, logically speaking, Paul could have accepted the support by the church and at the same time preached the gospel freely. I mean, win-win situation. ah. Why does Paul have to give up his right to to be supported by the church so that he can preach the gospel freely? One reason, and I caveat that this is subjected to interpretation, can perhaps be attributed to Paul's personality. Maybe this is his leadership or ministry style, you know. That he prefers to be totally unadapted when it comes to his ministry and the preaching of the gospel. So that no one can say or accuse that Paul was preaching the gospel not out of true intentions, but because of the financial support given to him. The other reason is perhaps and maybe that there was some truth that the church was exerting some form of influence and pressure on Paul as part of the financial support given to him that affected his preaching of the gospel. It could have affected him so much that Paul decided that enough is enough he would lay down his right or entitlement so that he can preach the gospel of Christ fully and freely to all. Whether it's Paul's ministry style, or it was really true that the church wanted to exert undue influence on his ministry, one thing is clear for Paul, that as as an apostle of Christ, he wants to and he must be released to preach the gospel fully and freely to all, no conditions attached, no caveats, no buts, no what-ifs. In the same way as Paul is the spiritual shepherd over the church in Corinth, our pastors are also God's appointed spiritual shepherds of our church. Regardless of our individual preferences, we must learn to submit to our pastors as a church and release them fully to lead us spiritually. We must learn to say to our pastors, even if the decision is not something I prefer or not something I'm used to, but pastors, if you think that it is the right spiritual direction for the church to go, then we will submit and release you fully to lead us and the church spiritually. Amen. As the COVID situation in Singapore continues to improve, the COVID restrictions will be relaxed gradually. And the church will also open up more and more. More services, greater capacity, more on-site ministries and so on. For example, today is the first Sunday of our on-site children's ministry supporting the services. And special thanks to all the ministry staff and volunteers for making this happen. Being one of the leaders in the church, I have had the privilege to be involved in many of the discussions and decisions relating to the church reopening. And trust me, there is really a lot of coordination, discussions and decisions to be made. And all this because we want to open up in a systematic and orderly manner and also in a way that is safe for people attending our church and also for the volunteers. Pray for us. And because there are a lot of new ways of doing things, many a times church members will also ask me about the rationale or the reasons behind certain decisions made by the church and understandably so. I will try my best to clarify and help them to understand, especially for operational issues which I'm involved in. But for spiritual issues relating to the church, As part of the reply, I will always encourage them to give pastors their full support because our pastors are the appointed spiritual shepherds of our church and like Paul, they need to be released fully to lead us spiritually. One of my press release lines, and some of you will have heard it, is that I will always say that the pastors are praying and discerning God's spiritual direction for the church and my role is to keep praying for them to be praying. So join me to pray for our pastors, not just that they will be praying but also that they will be able to sensitively discern the spiritual direction for the church and lead us fully in it. Let us submit to our pastors and release them fully to lead us spiritually. As I close, let me summarise for us the three learning and application points. We understand from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 1 to 23, this morning that whilst Paul has a right to, as an apostle to be supported by the church, he had chosen to lay down for the sake of the gospel, so that he can preach the gospel fully and freely. And drawing reference from the text, we can learn to lay down ourselves, including our rights for the kingdom of God. It's really not about whether it's fair to me or not, Not about whether I'm disadvantaged or not, but as long as the kingdom of God advances, as long as Christ is lifted up, as long as more people come to Him, we say, take law, take. Second point, learn to make the sharing of the gospel a priority in our lives. It may take us years to be like Paul, but we can take a small step today. Make a fresh commitment to make the sharing of the gospel a priority in our lives again and from an inward commitment, let it become an outward reality. Third point, learn to submit to our pastors and release them fully to lead us spiritually. It is not about our preferences, but it's about where God is leading the church. And if that is where God is leading us, let us unite and move forward together. As I conclude, I want to let you know that as much as we think Paul is a prime example of what it means to lay down our rights for the sake of the gospel, he was not the first and neither was he the best. Way before Paul, Christ did. Coming out fresh from the Easter last weekend, we will remember that Jesus laid down his right, his entitlement, his majesty as the Son of God to come to earth and die on the cross for our sins so that gospel of salvation can be made fully and freely to everyone who hears and receives it. Philippians 2, 6-8 says, Christ, who though he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking on the form of a slave, by looking like other men, by sharing in human nature, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Christ made saving us his mission and priority, even if it required him to put aside everything he had in heaven and up to the point of dying on the cross, he did so that we can be saved and to be with him. So today, let us learn from Paul and imitate him as he imitates Christ. Let us remember that Christ laid down his right in an even greater degree than Paul, so that we can be reconciled to God for eternity and with that, our hearts are so filled with thanksgiving and praise. Let us pray. So I just give us a few moments to let the word sing in our hearts. And I want to invite us to just make a commitment today to make sharing the gospel a priority in our lives, to ask God to help us to lay down ourselves, even our rights, for something greater, for the sake of his gospel, for the kingdom of God. And I encourage us to let's together give pastors our fullest support in the way ahead as the church opens up so that they can be released to lead us spiritually. So God, we commit all this to you and we ask that Lord, you will continue to lead our church forward so that we can shine brightly for you to the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.